Uh, so um, how much is that? Hello and welcome everybody to the podcast editors mastermind, the only show for professional podcast editors. I'm your host tonight, Carrie Caulfield, Eric from Yaya Podcasting, and I'm here with Daniel Abendroth of Broth Media Audio. And I'm Jennifer Longworth of Bourbon Barrel Podcasting. Not joining us tonight is Brian Ensminger of Top Tier Audio. And our special guest today is Marcus DePaula from Me Only Louder and the Podcast Audio Lab. I have to say this. I love Me Only Louder. I stole it from a friend of mine, Vance Powell, who is the studio engineer for Jack White and Chris Stapleton. He's like won Grammy Awards. I used to tour with him. And he would tune the PA with his SM58, you know, talking and EQ it. And then when he was done, he would say, sounds like me, only louder. And then that's how we knew he was done. <laughs> so I asked nice. him if I could use it. I got permission. So That's an awesome story. Tell us what it is that you actually do, because you have me, only louder and audio lab. Yeah, me, me only louder. I guess is mostly just a website. It's not officially a business because I I do my consulting and invoicing work just under my own name. So it's more of my blog and stuff, which I've not been posting too regularly enough because I don't have time because I'm editing. But I I produce podcasts for people. Uh, I've I've taken my experience from touring, running sound. I also did studio installs a while ago after I stopped touring. And then I transitioned into building websites. So now I combine my website and, and audio passion and do podcasts. And so I've got uh, seven podcasts right now that I'm currently working on. Some of them have, have paused <laughs> for the time being, but some of them are personal and some of them are clients as well that pay me to produce their podcast for them. Everybody wants to know, how did you get your first client? That is a good question. Uh, I have a friend here in Nashville where I live. He came up to me when I was running sound at church <laughs> and he said, hey, you look like you know what you're doing. Can you help me run sound for my conferences? And he bought this sound system so he didn't have to pay the rental fee at the conference center. And he was going to have me initially just show him how to set it up and get it dialed in for him. But then we kind of hit it off. So I've been for, I think, well, my son was born the first year, so I've been doing it for 12 years. I've been doing his conferences. It's the only person I'll still do live events, like live sound for. And then about six years ago, he and his, not really business partner, because they have separate businesses, but they they do a lot of collaborations. They do the conferences together. They decided to do a podcast. and like, hey, you do audio? Let's do the podcast. And I'm like, sure. And from there... They have they do consulting for businesses of all sorts, and all of their clients started calling me to do their podcast. They're like, hey, your podcast sounds really good. So who's your guy? And so it just kind of snowballed from there. So using that personal network. Yes, exactly. And my work basically was my marketing. I, I didn't promote myself at all. You know, I made a website and stuff, but it was all just basically word of mouth. And do you promote yourself at all now or? Uh, not well enough. And it's, <laughs> it, yeah, I also, my wife has a more successful business doing social media management for authors. And so I help, I assist her with that. We're doing, getting into live streaming and stuff like that and doing workshops. And we have a podcast as well. 
so my podcast work is kind of secondary to hers, which is totally cool because she can charge a lot more than I can for what she does. <laughs> so uh, I have enough work for us right now, for me, especially as a secondary job. And so I don't need to really promote. That's why I'm trying to do the podcast audio lab because I want to try to help people more. And I have a passion for instructing and, and training people. And I want to help people make their shows sound better. Is that what the Audio Lab does? Yeah. I started that last year, Podcast Audio Lab. I've only done a handful of them, but I've got a bunch of uh, workshops planned out. Uh, it's just a matter of scheduling them and <laughs> and doing them. So, But I've had about like a couple of dozen people show up to each one that I've done this year so far. So it's been fun. Back in the old days, was this a live event or has it always been Zoom? I did do my very first one as a live event back in February of 2020, right before the pandemic started. And that was my big learning experience. I overloaded them with information and all in one day. We sat in a room and I just went way overboard with everything. And so now the digital version of it has allowed me to kind of split it up into specific topics and instead of trying to do everything all at once. How did you figure out that you overloaded them? Well, I asked them, like <laughs> I had friends, I like my first one, it was just like half of the room was my friends that were all podcasting people that live here in, in town with me. And, uh, so they, they were like, man, that was really great, but it was a lot of stuff. And I just felt overwhelmed to myself. And if I was overwhelmed delivering it, then I know that they were <laughs> overwhelmed receiving it. So, <laughs> so what was a day long workshop? Yeah, it was from like 9am to 5pm. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 And I went really deep. Like I, I, I did a lot of, I, did, I covered it all. <laughs> so. Yeah. Really? Did you do it for free? Uh, I did charge, but you know, the friends that I invited, I, I did give a lot of seats away for free, but there were okay. a few people that paid. Yeah. But I got the space for free. That was nice because we did a bartering thing with the guy who ran, uh, runs this event space here in town. That's really cool. I think that leads us nicely into our topic today because uh, we're going to be talking about conferences and how to figure out what conferences to go to, what to take advantage of, what their value is. But specifically, you are hosting or I guess leading a microcon with PodFest Global Summit. Mm -hmm. PodFestGlobal.online. I think, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I keep forgetting. Yeah. So uh, you're leading Tech Tuesday this year. Yes. So tell us, what is it? What should we expect from it? Give yeah. us all the deets. So Tech Tuesday, they always like to do a Tech Tuesday for PodFest, at least the ones that I've been a part of these past couple of years. And Chris Kremistos, who is the founder of PodFest, he and I have hit it off and, and uh, he's appreciated my help trying to deal with a lot of the tech stuff in general, but, uh, we're starting off. I'm, I'm leading a session. That's kind of an overview. I'm trying to make it an overview of the other stuff that's coming the rest of the day. And the way I framed it is, uh, the essential podcasting tools that you need. And that includes both the equipment, but it also includes some of the digital tools and techniques and stuff that some people are going to be talking about. So, uh, and then from there, we just have, you know, we're talking about microphones. We're talking about with, with Michelle from Heil. Uh, she's doing a session on microphones. Brendan Mulligan, who is the founder of PodPage, is going to talk about websites and the important, which I feel like is important because I've built websites too. 
which is a huge thing. So I'm looking forward to that. He's in the afternoon. And my buddy Adam Levin at uh, Podcast Outfitters, which Carrie has met because she's been a guest on the podcast club, which I do with him and Molly Ruland. He is going to do a mic shootout with me. So we're going to, he, he works at a retail store. And so he's going to bring a bunch of mics and we're going to just listen to all of them together, uh, which is going to be fun. And then Molly is going to join me with her, one of her editors, Matt Billman, and then another podcast producer in Jacksonville, Florida, Al Pete. And we're going to do a panel on pre-production process and planning and the importance of having a production process. So it's not just about gear. We're going to talk about other things too. Uh, there's going to be a session on pod fade, how to avoid it uh, from a technical standpoint. And then my buddy, Alan Clark, who's a professional photographer, is going to be talking about lighting. And there's also going to be somebody talking about, uh, Brad Minus is going to talk about video editing. And David Gilbert is going to talk about using Audacity, doing like a beginner's guide to using Audacity, which is great because I don't, I don't know Audacity. I don't use Audacity. So. <laughs> Um, and a lot of people do. That's one of the most popular editing yeah. software that people use. So, And then we're finishing off the day. It's going to start at 10 o'clock and we finish off at, and this is Eastern time, we'll finish off at 4. Raina Booth, who is a friend of Carrie's, who Carrie referred to me, is doing remote interview best practices, which to me is the hardest part of being a podcast producer is getting the audio right with remote guests. But I saved the best for last because our friend Carrie is going to be speaking on how to fix noise and prevent it too. So, which I love how you framed it with recipes. <laughs> so it's going to be a fun day. Yeah, I have to uh, give the credit for that title to Lisa Orkin, who said, I wish I could just have a recipe card yes. that told me how to do this. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. And it is March 2nd, correct? Tuesday, March 2nd. That is correct. Okay. Awesome. So I like to suggest that even if these seem like beginner sessions to you as, as a podcast producer, podcast editor, I always recommend that you attend them because you want to know how things are being taught right? And what your clients are being exposed to. Mm. I think there's a lot of value in that for sure. I always learn from how other people do stuff. Even though I've been doing audio for 30 years, I'm still learning stuff every day. So I still attend the basic sessions too, because there's always something new that I learn. So yeah. And things are constantly changing. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> Especially when it comes to technology. Absolutely. Yeah. Like uh, StreamYard added auto leveling. Big <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, surprise. <laughs> Marcus, how many conferences do you go to a year or attend a year, do you think? I try to go to at least two, no more than five. <laughs> but it, it does depend on my budget for the year, uh, but also where they are. Like, Last year, none of us went to any conferences, physical ones, but I was actually going to go to fewer because a lot of the big ones that I try to go to, like podcast movement, were out west, and I couldn't afford not just the travel, but I also couldn't afford the time uh, because, you know, my wife and I are running two businesses and our son and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, and I'm trying to get my wife to kind of alternate years where she does her conferences one year and then I do my conferences I don't know if we're probably just going to have to break it up 
not yearly because there's I, I can't I can't miss Podfest or podcast movement every every other year. So <laughs> <laughs> is that FOMO or is that- yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What about you guys? Daniel's kind of new to conferences, so I'm going to pick on him. Yeah. Yeah, the only one I've been to was Podfest last year. And you went to Podfecta. Oh, and Podfecta, when was that, like 2018? 2018, yeah, probably. It's been a while. Yeah, so those are the two I've gone to. Whereas Podfecta was just like one room. You just kind of attend every session, and Podfest was much more elaborate, I guess. That's the one, like, if you go to one conference, I feel like PodFest is the, the one to go to. Yeah, yeah. Because PodFest felt like, so po- Podcast Movement seems like a really good one to go to, but it feels, like, really massive. Mm-hmm. Whereas PodFest seems like a good size as far as, like, big enough so there's plenty of value so you can kind of choose where you want to go. Um, not so much that it's overwhelming. Though I do want to go to podcast movement at some point well here this year it's in nashville so i i'll get to go to it because it's right in my backyard yeah (laughs) yeah that'd be easy for me because i'm only a couple hours away cool (laughs) yeah when i went to podfest i mainly focused on so obviously podcast editors conference which i'll attend this year as well but also i went to i kind of focused on the skills that i didn't have so i went to like storytelling, SEO, trying to think what else, but I kind of focused on the things I didn't know or things like I wanted to add to my business. That's kind of my strategy for PodFest. What about you, Jennifer? How many conferences? And Well, in 2019, I guess, is when we did PodFest and I had one day of podcast movement because I had to get home for, for stuff. So <laughs> I was there. I did my presentation, which went great. But then I had to hop on a plane and come back home. And then I did She Podcast Live. But I've been to Podcast Movement probably three times then and PodFest three times and She Podcast. Of course, this was before I had a day job. So now, I don't know if I'm going to get to go to any. I can't attend live during the day stuff i can't take off a week of work <laughs> so now i'm understanding how the other side lives <laughs> <laughs> but i saw that she podcasts actually goes over a weekend i'm like oh i might swing that but i'm still relatively new at this job and i don't want to push my luck so i don't and when i buy virtual tickets and stuff that's just a waste Unless I, I, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to do it. Okay, I'm sorry. Honest. <laughs> I, because the reason I go to conferences is to mix and mingle. I can't tell you what sessions I went to. I don't go to them. Because right. I <laughs> hang out and see all my friends. I'm like, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. you know, I'll go to maybe a keynote, especially at PodFest, because that's where they give away the prizes. But <laughs> a lot of times... I'm hanging out in the vendor hall. I'm mixing, mingling, mm-hmm. hanging out, talking to the vendors or talking to my friends who are in the vendor hall or and doing the networking thing and wearing shirts that say I'm an editor and getting clients by walking through the hallway. Wearing a, a true story. I've done it twice. They're no longer my clients because it wasn't a good match because we just met in the hallway and didn't do a screening <laughs> progress. Wait a second. <laughs> do we need to unpack this? <laughs> no, I don't want to go 
into that. Okay. <laughs> it didn't end up being a good fit. But anyway, uh, I've done it twice just by wearing the shirt. I'm a podcast editor walking through the hall of a conference. Boom, clients. So that's why I go. And one of you mentioned that you do get a little bit of this in the virtual conferences, but I just can't see it. Maybe it's just because I haven't done it because I don't have the bandwidth to do it now that I have a job. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to try to this year because I have a ticket to PopFest. I want to make the most of it. But I know like whenever I've done like summits or something where it's like all online, I'm less motivated to actually attend something that doesn't really sound that fun. Whereas like if you're actually at the conference, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything else. So you might as well like attend the conference. Whereas like for a virtual, like I could just like chill and like sleep in or like go take a nap. Like there's there's less pressure to actually do it or just like continue working. Like there's less pressure to attend a virtual thing than physical. So I'm going to make like a concerted effort actually to attend PodFest. <laughs> I feel like we're not going to get any virtual conference sponsorships <laughs> ever. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, this show is not sponsored by PodFest, even though we it's it's PodFest season. So give us credit for that. You know, that's one of the reasons we're talking about it a lot is because it's almost here. Yes, and, and PodFest is March 1st, and I'm sorry, the cat is bulldozing right now. <laughs> it's not a cat, it be it's a, a bulldozer. <laughs> it wouldn't be a session without a cat. No, no. <laughs> but I will say that I will 100% attend the podcast editors conference. I would not miss that. Yeah, I am excited about that specifically because of Dallas Taylor hmm. of 20,000 Hertz is going mm-hmm. to be the first session. And I'm kind of a fan. So I'm really excited about that. I am also leading a microcon for Women in Podcast Services, which is the f- Monday, March 1st, 6 to 10. We follow She Podcast. So if you're going to be at She Podcast, you might as well just you know hang out for a while. So in order to not compete with Podcast Editors Conference and in order to kind of serve just the wide range of what our community does in JustBusters. We are, you know, including podcast VAs, podcast managers, anybody who comes into contact with that post-production. And Daniel, I put in a link to that so you can throw up where you can get more, (laughs) where you can get more information. (laughs) (laughs) But I kind of agree with Jennifer in that virtual conferences are kind of tough to attend if I'm not actively like involved in it simply because there are so many other things going on however I do try to make time for them because you can network and you can get leads and I have attended what is it I did like one of the PRX conferences uh, a couple months ago. And I actually connected podcasters with other editors. Oh, nice. Yeah. So while it's not, you know, because I just can't handle any work right now. But, But like I am in the audience, I'm networking. And of course, you know, I can't shut up. And so I will try to at least 
attend one session in a virtual conference that interests me. I've got a lot on my calendar, it seems, like podcasting, podcast-related, audio storytelling, a bunch of stuff. It's kind of crazy, but like for PodFest, I think the Whova app really helps keeping people engaged Mm -hmm. a lot. I think they're very smart for doing that. However, I don't know that I'm going to attend any conferences this year, like in person, unless I have a vaccine. Right. Yeah. I am, and then I'm. I have allergies, so like getting a vaccine is kind of sketchy anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Like I probably consider it in the fall if like the vaccination rollout is pretty well adapted. Right. Yeah, and I'm not buying any tickets yet till I know these things are happening. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) That's the other thing. (laughs) Who knows? We might have to cancel everything again. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. but I am not worth it. I cannot wait to like travel though. I love. Like Jennifer said, I don't really go to the sessions. I love the mingling. I love the networking. I will practice different elevator pitches. I, you know, I am like asking people questions, like doing market research on the sly. Um, <laughs> the hallway track. Yeah, I do the hallway track. It's mm. exactly I do the it. party track. Yeah, and that's another <laughs> thing. Where I tried to go to the virtual party for podcast movement that they did a while back, and it was so weird. And you could like do one-on-one chats with people in this. It was, it was so weird. It was so weird. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of question for that. I'm wondering is like, how would you kind of participate in the hallway track and a virtual conference? It's hard. And that's actually one thing that I feel like PodFest and Chris and his team have figured out because in this Whova app, there's the community tab, and it's basically like a chat thing. And there is so much stuff going on there. But what they do is they also set up breakout sessions that's like those little gatherings you have in the hallway outside. And so anybody can just propose to do a breakout session on anything. It doesn't have to be about podcasting. It could be about vegetables or you know cats or it, whatever. It has been. Yes, yes. That's why I mentioned that. There's a guy that, that his podcast is about being a vegetarian. So he did one on yeah. There's one on ice cream uh, in August when they did it. So that's how they do it virtually, and it, and it and it works really well. It's just a Zoom, just a Zoom room that's hosted by the person who ends up proposing the topic. But it's all you you get those on the community. So the community you have the text chat stuff going on, but then you also have you know the hey we're doing this breakout session. So that's what Chris is trying to encourage us as microcon leaders to do is encourage our speakers to do breakout sessions after they after our track ends so that we can, you know, boost engagement. Just like after you get off stage when you're speaking at a conference, you have people gather around you and, and you know, pick your brain. So it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. And they'd still give out prizes and stuff. Yes. Yep. Adam is is providing some really cool prizes. I won't give it away, but he's got some really cool stuff that he's giving away with, with Chris. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's also going to give give away some prizes for our Just Busters, too. Nice. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Very nice. Yeah. But, yeah, so there's the hallway track, of course, which we all love. But if you go to sessions, and Jennifer, you don't. You go to the exhibitor sessions. <laughs> I don't go to the exhibitor sessions where they're trying to sell me something. No, right. I know. But you talk to them. I talk you to talk them, but them. I don't you go to You build their, relationships. Here's how to buy my software thing. Yeah. So how do you know what sessions to pick? Well, I go to support my friends when I do go to sessions. 
And I know that's why you came to mind the one year carry. It wasn't because you needed the topic. It was because <laughs> I was doing it. <laughs> I was like, like how and you heckled me from the crowd or whatever. Um, <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'll go if I know one of the panelists. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I like this. Or if the topic resonates with me. I mean, but I have tried it before where you pick a uh, session, 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 session. But it's just. I don't get anything out of it when I, my brain's just going too much with those types of things. That, that might be a personality thing, too, that I can't absorb session after session after session after session. <laughs> it's <laughs> overwhelming. It is. Yeah. It, yeah. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like what I said before, I changed my strategy after like the first couple of days. Like the first one, like it was like every hour, like I was in a different session trying to do things. And with PodFest, like, well, I'm assuming it's kind of like this for all conferences, but it's geared more towards like newer podcasters and like more basic topics. So it's things that like I've already got a pretty good grasp on. So the first couple of days, it's kind of when I realized that it's like, okay, let me like focus on the things that either I have no experience with or want to learn about for the business. And then after like a couple of days, it's just like, I decided to just kind of hang out in the hallway and do the hallway track. Like once <laughs> I realized... Like there wasn't a whole lot of value for somebody who is more experienced. I'm tired of all the sessions about growing your audience and monetizing your podcast. Yeah. But that's what like the people that pay tickets to these, that's what they're interested in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marketing's hard. Yeah. It is. Think it it's, is. Yeah. I'm bad at it. <laughs> uh, well, you need, didn't do our marketing challenge, obviously. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I made the marketing challenge. I felt like I did it. Uh, and I did tweak stuff with it. All right. But that's neither here nor there. Brian did it because he's good like that. So as editors, what is really the value then of going to these conferences and participating in these conferences as an attendee? I like it just interacting with my peers, like seeing you guys there, mm -hmm. you know, that that's it, it's it's just about spending time FaceTime, you know, <laughs> with people that I don't normally get to see the rest of the year. And, you know, we talked about there's the strategy of wearing the shirt to, to get gigs, but there's also that industry networking thing of, okay, I don't have the bandwidth to do this, but I know, you know, so-and-so can, you know, that I'm, I met them at the conference. And so you should, you should talk to them. So I'm referring people or, or they're referring people to me. I'm, I'm using the conferences honestly, because I, I want, part of my brand is I want to be known as the audio expert for podcasts because, you know, th there's not a whole lot of actual audio engineers that, you know, are doing, there's, there's plenty of people talking to giving great advice on editing, but as far as the actual discipline of audio engineering itself, you know, there's only a handful of us that have, that have had that kind of specific training and speaking at the conferences especially but even just going to the conferences and people just meeting me that's part of it is just getting exposure for you know what i do as an editor as a producer as for with podcast audio lab all of it i think some of what i've learned at conferences too i've taken back to my classes so i was doing in-person classes like your audio lab only just two hours long little thing <laughs> but i'm like well so and so spoke on this and this is the statistic they gave and such and such spoke on this and this is so i'm taking in what i do go to uh i i pick and choose wisely but i learn these things and then i go back and teach them to others 
And that's beneficial too, in addition to all the networking and stuff. But if I just get one little nugget from Dave Jackson and one little nugget from Jen Briney and one little nugget from Drew Ackerman, all of a sudden I have, hey, this is how you do this because this is what these smart people said about it. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I said about it. I don't have a podcast that I'm fully monetizing for money and quit my job and all these things. But some of these other people I hear have, and here's what they said, and here's how they do it. And I would not know some of the other podcaster stories if I hadn't hung out with them at conferences or heard them speak. And some was just learning other people's stories. You don't even have to go to a session to find out how so-and-so quit their job. You could just ask them. Yeah. And I have gotten clients at parties not just wearing T-shirts, and that did work out. So. Well, because you talk about what you, you do, right? right? And what you're, you're passionate about, what you're interested in. All you have to do at a podcasting conference is say, tell me about your podcast. And immediately, like, that is just the icebreaker. And you will get everybody's life story and their passion. And I have to say, I don't have a podcast. I'm a podcast editor. But now I have a podcast. I can say, well, it's the podcast editor's mastermind. We are a show for podcast editors. So now that we need to have the show, I have an answer to that question. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So do you guys have any, like, hacks for saving money when you go for conferences because we <laughs> can spend thousands upon thousands of dollars between airfare, hotel, per diem, alcohol, alcohol. <laughs> well, so if you go, my tip, if you go to the parties, you can either drink for free or cheap, you know, at least go get the, get the drink tickets. Okay. Right. <laughs> get there early, get the drink tickets. The case of she podcast, get there late when Jess is just like, Anybody else need more tickets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <you're> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like Jessica cannot drink that much. <laughs> That's the other thing. Have a low alcohol tolerance. You have to train. You got to get build it up beforehand. <laughs> I learned no puking at Podfest. <laughs> <laughs> Did you learn that the hard way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one yeah. was around, but still. <laughs> like, no more. <laughs> <sighs> so... My wife and I saved quite a bit of money by not staying at the hotel. We got an Airbnb thing that was only like five or 10 minutes away. And like the cost of the Airbnb for like the entire week was the same as like one night in the hotel. Wow. So that was like a tremendous cost saving. So it's a little inconvenient that staying at the hotel where the conference is is really convenient because you can like run up to your room to do something or whatever. So there is some convenience issues there but for us it was well worth the money that we saved it was several hundred dollars oh yeah i love airbnb and and if you have podcast friends that you want to meet get an airbnb with them Mm -hmm. sharing an airbnb place plus just ubering back and forth is still way less than the hotel i mean i would like do one hotel experience (laughs) and then i've had plenty of hotel experience in my life yeah (laughs) But like the conference experience. So that's, but like mm. for she podcasts, I stayed at the hotel, but then I got a roommate too. So yeah. But for co- podcast movement, we got the Airbnb. I only got to stay one or two nights with y'all, but the Justbusters crew, some of us got an Airbnb and just Ubered back and forth. And yeah. It was a lot or of fun. It's, some of us got lost. Um. <laughs> some of us attempted to walk, and and it didn't work out so well because <laughs> they were holding their Google Maps the wrong way. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> well, I was reading the Google Map wrong. 
So I thought I was going one way, but it was really going the other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the whole thing we can unpack off offline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've since learned only take an Uber. What about like food hacks? Because yeah. that can get expensive. I packed a bag full of granola bars and trail mix and stuff like that. Because the other thing is like with the hallway track, you know, you're so busy talking to people that you don't have you like you end up just realizing, oh man, I didn't eat lunch and it's already four o'clock and you're about to pass out because your <laughs> blood sugar's too low. So, you know, having a backpack and or a bag or whatever and and uh throwing some you know, beef jerky or whatever protein and, and stuff that's, that, that could be a meal replacement. Uh, cause mm-hmm. th- that'll, you know, that hotel food is super expensive, way overpriced. And it's not good. Usually yeah. <laughs> it's no. not tasty at all. No. Cafeteria. Food. Yeah. yeah. If you get to the, uh, vendor exhibit early, um, there's always gonna be somebody giving out free backpacks. So last year, uh, Podbean yes. was giving out some free backpacks. Yes, those, were got mine good. Yeah. those were good yeah. backpacks. Yeah. I- Pack so my that. stuff in it. <laughs> Going home on All the All your swag. That's where you throw your food in, your drinks. Yep. And just carry it around with you. Another food tip and other things is if you can swing it to go VIP. Yes. Because then there's food and snacks and snacks and food and bonus parties with more food. And I didn't do the calculations because sometimes when you're a speaker, you get a speaker lounge, which is which is cool. So if you get a speaker or if you're not a speaker, go VIP. Then there's that. That's a really good place to participate in the hallway track too, is in the speaker slash VIP lounge. Other hack. But I have found, I think I, I, I got it for free once. I was a speaker once and I paid for it once. And I'm like, I'm hungry. I'm going to go see what's in the VIP room. Oh, look, we have muffins. And sometimes you go in there and there's nothing. And it's so sad. Yeah, <laughs> but if you time it right and you know when the food's coming, I also had some of my best conversations in the VIP slash speaker lounge because I was as I was sitting down and eating, and because that's why those VIP people are paying because they know the speakers are going to be coming in and snacking, so they'll sit <laughs> down and start picking your brain and getting some free consulting while I'm eating my cucumber sandwich <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> For she podcasts, I did stay in the hotel. And I paid the extra money to stay on the concierge floor, which means, and it's only like 50 extra dollars. And I wouldn't typically do it, but if you are going to stay in the hotel and you can do that, that what the concierge floor means is that you have a place to get free breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, it was a fancy place. Yeah, it was nice. well worth it. Yeah. It was <laughs> very well worth it because I didn't have to worry about, like, there was a buffet breakfast, not a continental breakfast, but, wow. like, bacon, eggs, bagels, toast, you know, like, you, so it was really nice. And then, like, lunchtime, they would put out, like, a, oh, what's that? You know, the fancy meat and cheese tray. <laughs> charcuterie? Yes. Oh, the charcuterie board? <laughs> Well, I didn't know how to say it, so I'm glad y'all did. <laughs> I love charcuterie. Yeah, my wife's a big fan. And then you could get like a fountain soda. I love Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm sorry. I, I am Southern, I guess. I don't know. I need something fizzy. And it frustrates me to no end that at a hotel, every hotel I've ever been to, the soda machine's broken. And then you have to pay $5 for a four-ounce glass of soda. 
So that concierge floor, man, I just had filled up my little, you know, travel thing and I was off to the races. Same with coffee, mm. right? So that mm-hmm. was worth every penny, I think, because I would have spent more than that probably on on food mm-hmm. and whatever. Plus, it was a nice yeah. place to escape to. You can easily like hit up a grocery store or yes. something when you get into town, stock up some bread and like lunch meat or whatever, throw that in your hotel water. room, whatever you're staying. Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly. Like get some Uncrustables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> throw that in your room and then you're set. Yeah. I say Uncrustables because they come frozen. Mm. And if you can throw them in the freezer and then you put them in your backpack, by the time you're ready to eat them, they're thawed. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or you could freeze a peanut butter and jelly sandwich (laughs) the same same principle and then my other tip would be like if you aren't staying at the hotel uber with friends Mm -hmm. right split that fare it's just a little bit extra way to save money yeah i know like we went to steve stewart had uh organized like a breakfast with editors at panera or something and then, like, once we we're done, like, we just kind of, like, broke up and all kind of carpooled back to the conference afterwards. Plus, it's fun riding with friends. Mm-hmm. Riding with editors in cars. <laughs> <laughs> New podcast coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> it's the second podcast Not I've really. created today. <laughs> Jennifer, you mentioned, like, be a speaker, right? That's a way to save money. <laughs> That's what I try to do. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about that. Like, how do you be a speaker? Like, what do you need to do to be a speaker? Just fill out the web form. They always have, you know, speaker pitches. Just come up with a great topic, you know, people need to hear about and write a really great description, have a good title. (laughs) And you'll get picked, you know? That's so funny, apparently. (laughs) Well, he's like, just come up with a great topic and a great... I have gotten chosen for speaking a couple times. One with PodFest, I pitched, uh, I don't remember if I pitched a Pecha talk, which is only five minutes, or if I pitched a long one and they said, hey, that's a great for a Pecha And they do these five minute talks. For the podcast movement, where I've spoken a couple times, I apparently pitched something very similar to a couple other guys. Mm. And they went, aha. We see that you all pitch to the same audience, similar topic, but not exactly. Would you three go in together and do this workshop nice. instead of doing a session? So kudos to Jared and Dan for looking at that and seeing it from, hey, well, this is kind of something we thought about doing, but weren't sure how to do. And you all kind of pitched our vision. So let's do that. And then with She Podcasts, I think we pitched a panel. For yes. Them. Yeah. And there's different tiers as far as saving money goes or whatever. There's different tiers. Like if you're a Pecha Kucha talk, you don't get the same perks as being a keynote speaker. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I wouldn't know what it's like to be a keynote speaker. No. So I wouldn't no, know what those not perks are. Anywhere near <laughs> that. But, Yet. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of pressure. I just, I'm happy being right in the middle. Oh, I would love to be a keynote speaker. I just don't have a talk to give. So... And nothing totally tragic has happened in my life that I've learned something from. <laughs> oh, is that what it takes? I think so. <laughs> you have to have some sort of hero's journey or something. 
Okay. I, I don't Rags know. to riches story. Right, I got that. Um, still waiting on all the riches. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but really, what makes a great pitch? It starts with the title. Like Jared, he pulled me aside at, at our podcasters meetup here in Nashville. He's like, dude, you could teach a session on, on pitching topics. And it's because, and I pitched three different topics because uh, it was the first time I, I was pitching to podcast movement. I had never been before either. And uh, it's not just the topic itself. It's how you frame it. And especially with the schedule, it has to pop, you know, just having something that's not just relevant, but also exciting or like makes people want to go, wow, I want to hear about that. Right. It makes them stop yeah. like, and think, oh, what's that about? Right. Not clickbaity. You know, you don't want it to yeah. be gross, but you want it to be fun and interesting. And the description is secondary, like to making sure you nail it with a description too. And having a clear idea, I think, of what people are going to learn from your talk. Too. Exactly. The takeaways that they'll walk out. And that's the thing is having takeaways. Like the, the sessions that I don't want to go to are the ones that are the rags to riches stories of learn how I, <laughs> you know, went from five followers to what I'm like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> Give me some practical things that I can do that I can apply. So how do you frame your titles then? I can't remember because it was two years ago, but... I, I try to, A, you know, figure out what it is that people are having the most problems with that I can help with, like where that intersection is of where, like the stuff that I'm passionate about that I have experience with, and then what people need the most help with. And then using phrasing that isn't just, you know, basic practices or, you know, instead of basic practices saying pro secrets or pro tips or, you know, or something like that, where it's kind of an elevated language thing that's more exciting. And that's part of what we do with my business, with my wife, with the marketing stuff is you kind of have to get good at copywriting and, and it, it applies to social media. It applies to podcast episode titles and writing descriptions because so many of no us editors. No adverbs. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's thing is part of the podcast editor job. We end up doing a lot of copywriting, even though that's not our thing, you know. And so using some of that, that expertise that we have coming up with titles for episodes and descriptions for episodes and doing it for a speech that, that's stuff that we're passionate about, you know, not just what we're having to do for our clients. <laughs> One thing that I've heard from organizers is that it doesn't hurt to be part of their community mm. before pitching so that when they see your name, they're like, oh, she contributes to the community in the Facebook group. Or, mm -hmm. oh, I know that name because of whatever. That doesn't hurt unless you're a real jerk on social media or whatever but <laughs> or a superstar i mean that goes the other way too yeah. yeah yeah so i have heard that said that that can help it's not a shoe-in because i've been what i thought was pretty close with conference organizers in the past and didn't get anything but i a conference that I didn't get to go to that I forgot about was the dog trainer conference that I was a speaker at last year. I ended up doing just like this, talking to my webcam for a, how to do a podcast if you're a dog trainer. Cool. So thinking outside the box of conferences, 
uh, I'm in real estate now. I'm not a realtor, but I work in the industry. When conferences come back, if there's like an open submission, <clears throat> I'm going to submit how to do a real estate podcast. Nice. Because I have real estate. One of my my clients right now is a realtor and she helped me buy and sell my my place and, <laughs> and she does a podcast <laughs> with my stuff. But it's like, yes, if we're thinking about speaking, pitch yourself to conferences other than just podcasters who know everything you know. Mm-hmm. And that gets back to finding clients too, because if you're at a podcaster's conference, it's us editors and stuff. You're, you guys aren't going to hire me. So you have to go <laughs> to a conference like for entrepreneurs or marketing or, you know, whatever it is, FinCon, you know. <laughs> yeah, travel, whatever your niche is. Yeah, yeah. Like get in with that. Dog community. trainers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Stop preaching to the choir. Right. As much as I love doing these podcasting conferences because it's all my friends and we're doing the hallway track, I think there's real value to going to these niche conferences. Like, mm-hmm. was it Daryl Darnell who went to the dentist conference? <laughs> or somebody, somebody went to, to a dental conference. Yeah. Because that's where their, their clients were, right? Um, I would have so. loved to have met some of these dog trainers instead of just doing a Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit harder over Zoom. Yeah. Um, for sure. But I think also one thing you can do is do a lunch and learn, although you're you're working now. But like with your Chamber of Commerce, right? Our mm. Chamber of Commerce is just finally getting into lunch and learns. Um they're about doing lunch and learns before COVID happened. Yeah, they're well, ours is about are about 10 years behind everything. So that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, look for those opportunities where you don't have quite as much competition. It's great advice, I think. Mm-hmm. Daniel, when are you applying to speak at uh the next conference? And it, will that be podcast movement? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> First I have to come up with a topic and a really good title. <laughs> Look, you know how I get my topics? I get really angry about something. There you go. That I see over and over again, like a mistake podcasters make over and over again. I'm just tired of talking about it. So I'm like, I'm going to do a talk about it. Nobody ever listens to me. <laughs> Stop <laughs> using a Yeti. <laughs> but I get it out of my system. And it's like, it's like my people breathe talk, right? I have been asked to give this specific talk to many different places conferences whatever so that's where i first met you as podcast movement two years ago right, right before me right exactly exact- and i had to go up against tim ferris but okay <laughs> 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 so daniel yeah so when are you going to do it because you need to uh, no they said no and if they say yes you can yeah. ticket yeah i mean my word of the year is discomfort so yeah it's I really uncomfortable gotta. yeah i guess i yeah. gotta because the idea of getting up on stage or like giving a speech in front of a bunch of strangers is really uh, uncomfortable. Terrifying. Yeah. 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 It goes away, though. And you yeah. practice, right? And doing it virtually, that's the one thing about the pandemic. Yes. If you start off virtually, it gets easier. Like, it, mm. it's, the, it's like the next level of this, right? Only it's you and you got a PowerPoint. And then so you do it virtually. And then... You go up on state. But I think you should apply to podcast movement. Okay. Well, whenever we do our private mastermind, then we can discuss my upcoming 
So we'll discuss your upcoming thing and I'll fill out the application and send it in for you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Yeah. Well, if you are interested in being a guest on the Podcast Editors Mastermind, all you got to do is go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com slash be a guest, and we will love to have you on. You don't have to be an expert like Marcus. You can be somebody who's trying to learn, and we can workshop whatever you're struggling with live on air and help you solve your problems. Just go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com slash be a guest. And if you are a young editor and would like to edit a show for your portfolio or just to have some practice, please go to podcasteditormastermind.com and reach out to us there and we can send you our sample file. Or if you want to ed- edit an actual show, we can get you that information too. Brian kind of spearheads that stuff, but you can reach out to us by podcasteditormastermind.com. And so, Marcus, if people want to find out more about you, work with you, learn from you, what do they do? MeOnlyLouder.com or MeOnlyLouder on all the social places. And Podcast Audio Lab is on MeOnlyLouder.com. But come join me at PodFest on March 2nd. And have you shared the free promo, like the ticket thing where you get $49 off? You should share uh, yours, You can Carrie. share your code if you want. I, no, uh... you go ahead and do yours. It's your show. Oh, okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> I did send it out in the newsletter, but if you are interested in getting a ticket, you can actually go to podfest.justbusters.com and the code word is JustBusters. Nice. And you can uh, just get all the information, get your ticket to PodFest there, and, and even like helpful instructions on how to use the Whova app and all that good stuff, so... I think podcast movement, depending on when we get this episode out. So if you're watching this live, obviously it's going to be in a couple of weeks. If you're listening to the podcast, chances are PodFest might actually be wrapping up at this point. But you'll know for next time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, guys, I am Carrie Caulfield, Eric from Yaya Podcasting, and I have been here with... I'm Daniel Abendroth, and you can find me at rothmedia.audio. I'm Jennifer Longworth at bourbonbarrelpodcasting.com or KY Podcasting across social media. And our guest tonight was Marcus DePala from meonlylouder.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Marcus. This Thanks for really having fun. me. This was a blast. Awesome. And we will see you guys next time. Two weeks from today. Same time, same post. Same bat channel. Uh, um, so, how much is that? <gasps> Um, 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 um